it, it is easier probably for me to see through the conspiracies. I know how much coordination it takes to get departments in sync on like the very simple things. So when you think about these large scale conspiracies, I'm just like, if you have no idea, we're just, we just are not even that good <laughs> to keep that secret or pull that level of something off. Welcome to Casa de Arte, The Neighborhood, a twice a month podcast about creativity, spirituality, and the thread that holds them together, love. I'm your host, Louis Holstein, a father, community builder, and overall art enthusiast. And I'm Ashley Holstein, a mother, photographer, and tea drinker. Okay, we are so excited to have one of my dear friends, Candace Brown, on the podcast tonight. Um, she has been a communications professional for the last 15 years in both local government and higher education. I'm a graduate of Georgia Southern University. She was um, the recipient of the GSU Communication Arts Department's Public Relations Writing Award and earned her bachelor's degree in public relations. She's worked as a cons consulate for the Georgia Parks and Recreation Association, as well as the Georgia Local Government Personnel Association, training colleagues on effective strategies for managing both social media and traditional media. In 2014, she moved with her family to South Florida to embark on a new career opportunity overseeing strategic media relations, social media, and crisis communication for municipal government. Candace works to ensure that both reporters and residents have access to accurate, keyword there, accurate and timely information that allows them to stay connected and involved. She resides in Palm Beach County, currently in Florida, um, where she's the mom to five awesome children, two beautiful dogs, and a plethora of pets. Plants. So, so did I say pets? Plants. Yeah. A plethora Plants. of plants. Plant lady. Um, so we want to just jump right into it, uh, Candice. And I want to ask you, what kind of attracted you to the municipal communications world career um, from the get-go? Well, you know, it just accident. It happened by accident. I It never was the plan. Um, my mother is a teacher. And I spent my whole life saying that I was going to be anything but a teacher. Um, and then I became a teacher. So um, I started my education um, pursuing early childhood education. And I worked as a teacher's assistant at a pre-K program, um, teaching four-year-olds, which I loved. I still miss it, actually. And, um, and then I got divorced. And I said, okay, a teacher's salary for a single mother of two is not going to cut it. I've got to make more money. And I started thinking of ways that I could use that education background, but do something different in education. Um, so I, I really thought that I would, um, I was interested in developing um, educational resources like marketing tools, mm. um, like, like games and puzzles and teaching tools um, and marketing those to educators. That was my crazy, crazy idea. So I had, I did one semester, I changed my major, I changed schools to pursue marketing. And in the first semester, um, I was like, I have made a big mistake <laughs> because I could not math. I could not handle the math, the math, <laughs> like not just regular math, the marketing math, the accounting math, the, which isn't really math. I mean, 
I just couldn't do it. Um, so I was frantically flipping through uh, my manual for the, my college manual, looking at all the majors like, oh my gosh, I have all these credits. I've just changed schools. Now I have these marketing classes that I've taken. What can I do that is um, like marketing, but there's no math? <laughs> public relations yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so that was the very windy road of how i i got into communications okay well i want to kind of segue into something a little bit more heavier um you know in light of the recent political landscape do you feel that there is a mistrust of government more so now than before um we would love to hear your thoughts about that if yes or Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a yes or no. Um, it depends on the level of government. Maybe I'm naive. I still feel like, um, there may be a distrust of higher levels of government, but the level of government I work on local government, I I do still feel that people trust their local governments more. Um, and that maybe local governments have more credibility, uh, that could be because your um, your city um, council member is your neighbor. Mm. You know, you see them, you go to the same church, and your kids are in school with them. And then, as you get further up the line, um, government to um, like national representatives, you um, there's more distance. You don't really know those people. You know how they represent themselves. You know what they say in their commercials. Um, but you may not have, you may not really know them um, personally. Uh, so depending on the level, but in the national climate, there is definitely um, distrust. Definitely. What, what do you feel that is the most like challenging aspect of your job? Um, and what's the most rewarding? Uh, the most challenging thing in local government um, could probably is just limited resources um, is extremely time consuming. Um, writing good content, it takes time. Um, and, you know, you've got to do it quickly. Um, it's got to be spelled correctly and also make it funny, you know. So it's, um, you know, it's really challenging to do all of that. And sometimes on a shoestring budget, um, it, it, that alone really fosters creativity. Um, so I wear many hats and I'm constantly juggling. That's a challenge. Um, pr- probably the most rewarding um, part of my job is just something that I love about public relations, period, no matter where I'm working. And that is observing and tracking popular culture. I am like a huge like media geek. Um, I love pop culture. I love the phenomenon that is pop culture. Um, I, you know, just since my college days learning about media culture and the influence of um, what I like to call the shared experience. So there are these things that we experience um, that, you know, overseas, they had that same experience at that same time. And, and that experience unites us with people that we don't know, we've never met. Um, so I love that. And, uh, I, you know, it's, a, it's a, a good challenge that 
when something's happening nationally, now I'm trying to tie that into my local issues and, you know, capitalize on that conversation so that I can, you know, further engage with my followers. Um, so that's, that's a rewarding thing. Anytime that happens um, in my job or just in life in general, um, I, just, I just always think it's, it's really cool when someone you've never met knows about that stupid video that you watch and you have that shared ex experience and in pop culture, that's just happening all the time. So it's cool. Yeah, I, um, so Candace and I worked together on the FMCA Board of Directors, the Florida Municipal Communicators Association, um, as I was kind of the PIO for um, the city of Mulberry where I used to work. Um, something I find that a big challenge is that people just don't know how government works in general. So like there's always someone, yes. they always are looking for someone to be mad at for various things. Um, and so I think of, you know, right now, this public health crisis, this pandemic, um, but I also understand how government works. So I know that it's not your city that's distributing vaccines. Well, at least I don't think so, right? It's probably going to be your health department oh, or something. Gosh. So how, how have you, how have you navigated that communication and, and working through something people are so divided on? Um, I'm, we're actually in the process. I think I had uh, a lengthy phone call and then a staff meeting today just to discuss um, not only the plan, but how we're going to communicate the plan. But you're absolutely right. Right now, there's a, a lot of confusion. Um, people are reaching out, uh, wanting to know, you know, when we're going to provide vaccines for our residents and um, just answering questions. Um, using those to help us gauge what the public um, thought is thinking, what they're thinking. So we're trying to learn from that. And then in the next communication we roll out, do a better job to answer all of the questions. Um, and it is difficult when you're working in government and you know how things work to remember that um, you've got to really break down that information um, for, for the average citizen to, to feel secure and feel like, you know, less frustrated maybe, um, and, and to have faith in your competency that you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. that's always, uh, interesting. Do you feel like, um, because, and I know all this, I felt like when I worked in government, I, I felt like I, it was easier for me to see through conspiracy stuff because it's like, I, sometimes knew what was going on behind the curtain, I guess. Do you ever feel like that? Um, it, it is easier probably for me to see through the conspiracies. I know how much coordination it takes to get departments in sync on like the very simple things. So when you think about these large scale conspiracies, I'm just like, if you have no idea, we're just, we just are not even that good <laughs> to keep that secret or pull that level of, something off um and you know what though things have happened i mean it's not it's not unjustly you know um earned by government because the government government has lied yeah government has been dishonest government has been self-serving mm. um but now people have more access to information for themselves than they ever did before 
Um, and it's much harder for government to do that these days than it used to be. Mm. Um, and actually, I just had my boss um, pay me a huge compliment by telling me that he felt in this current age that we're in, that outside of public safety, um, communication is the most important thing that um, local government does. Outside of providing police and fire protection, communication is the next mm-hmm. most important thing. So that's huge. that was that's great to have that yeah. respect for um, for what what we do. So we'll pivot a little bit. Um, you said in your spare time you love to kayak, uh, you love to watercolor, you're in search for the perfect sour <laughs> beer, and you're um, you and your fiance actually just recently bought a Victorian era house and are renovating it. So you're clearly artistically bent. Do you consider communication an art form? I do. Um, oh gosh, creativity to the max. Um, I love that. And, and I am a creative um, working in an analytical world. You know, mm-hmm. I am working with engineers, planners, um, finance um, advisors. Those are people who are using the part of their brain that I hopefully don't have to use very much because it causes wrinkles. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it's a little, it's a little lonely in that when I get an idea and, you know, like I get hyped up, like when I have an idea and people are looking at me like, okay, somebody's had a little too much coffee today, you know, um, so I am, you know, the obvious things that I'm doing every day in communications, we're doing some graphic design, we're doing some photography, we're doing creative writing. Um, but the, the, really, the really big part that challenges your creativity is when you are taking boring, quote unquote, boring stuff and making it interesting and approachable. Um, so I absolutely consider myself uh, a creative and I consider communications an art. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little curveball if you don't mind, a little off script. Um, I'm just curious again, in light of, you know, current events, recent events and your role with social media, what do you think the line is with social media and free speech and censorship and all of this stuff? Okay. So, you know, professionally, um, it is, it is really weighed heavily on me lately, the role that we played. You know, I watched The Social Dilemma <clears throat> a few months back. We made our teenage boys watch it. Um, and I just, oh man, I just had this feeling like, you know, I do this for a living. Am I contributing mm. to this? Am I playing into this, this game? Um, and, you know, I just had to just push through that moment of, of doubt that, um, that I was contributing maybe to the demise of, you know, humanity um, <laughs> through via social media. Um, and then also struggling with my love for pop culture, which media is like the ultimate in pop culture. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, what I, what I would advise professionally is totally different from what, what I do personally with, with my accounts. Um, I do feel that there is a line with freedom of speech. Um, if, if it 
is going to endanger people, if it is going to venture into the realm of threats, uh, threats of violence, um, then, you know, I think that's, that's more than free speech. Um, and, you know, I always say these platforms have terms and conditions of use. Mm. These are private companies. And I know there's all kinds of laws. I am not a lawyer. Um, but I will say that in general, I feel like there are terms and conditions of use and these are private entities and we are using the platforms that they have built. Um, they have invested their time, their money, uh, their research into these platforms. And at the end of the day, they create the rules. If you don't like their rules, then don't use their platform. Make your own, mm-hmm. you know, create your own uh with your own time and tools and, and, and money. Um, so that's the simple answer, but I just don't know that it's so simple. Um, and, and in light of things that have, have taken place in the last week, um, I think we are all trying to figure it out because we've just not had the possibility of these things. Like who would have, who would have thought that it would have, you know, gotten, this far right and that's something that the social dilemma tries to explore you know that they the intention was never to create something that would be harmful or even used for uh personal gain in a way and and how that was quickly out of their hands within a year or two of them building social media platforms and so i think it's very interesting too um that you are kind of reminding us of that, that this is something that is of its own devices, truly. Um, And how can you create so much control and censorship around it, you know, when it's just kind of evolved and people have kind of done with it, whatever. It's it's tough. It's become very powerful um, because you know, they're, they are a victim of their own success. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a victim of their own success. They, made social media wildly popular. And now it is so popular that when people read things, um, they stop questioning what they've read, you know, um, they're um, passing on this information. We've just evolved leaps and bounds from the the old, you know, email chain letters that used to go around with um, well, before we get into some stuff that's currently inspiring you, we love to always end with that. Um, as kind of an art-focused podcast, we love to just talk about pop culture and, you know, well, books, movies, right. TV, music, museums, whatever um, that's inspiring you. But before I go there, I wanted to just ask, because you were such an encouragement to me as I was transitioning um, out of my job, I wanted to ask you, what would be your advice um, to maybe some listeners out there that feel stuck in a job? that is not being, they're not being used to their full potential or, um, or it's not what they want to do for the rest of their lives. You know, how do you kind of navigate through that kind of career ickiness? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, maybe it's, it's what we were just talking about. You know, you, you, you need to check in with self. Um, now I know, you know, we, most people need a paycheck. So mm-hmm. you can't just kind of like decide you're fed up and throw your hands up and, and walk away. But um, there's a couple of things. Um, 
you know, if you don't, if you don't get a, a good feeling when you're going into work, um, you know how you give people advice about like, how do you know you've met relationship advice? How do you know that you've met the one? And it's like, you know, you just know, like when it's right, you don't have to struggle. It's not, it's not a chore. Um, that's how I feel when I go to work. Um, I'm excited about the potential of each day. I'm not Pollyanna about it. You know, I, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, everyone has bad days. Um, but um, if you're, if you don't have that feeling of excitement, um, then you're probably not in the right career field. The other thing I would say is, you know, your, your boss is really, your boss, your leadership are really important. Um, you've got to have a boss and leadership that you respect, that you feel comfortable going to when you have a problem. I mean, they are supposed to be there to help you problem solve and grow um, and mentor you. And if you don't have that um, at work, it can be challenging. I would just encourage everyone to, um, if you know, if, if you like your job otherwise, seek out mentors in your field. Um, they will really like recharge your energy. Um, I have a mentor, you know, I've been doing this forever. I have a mentor and um, I've had the opportunity to work with her um, on some projects actually recently. And um, just can't even tell you how encouraging it is for someone to say, oh yeah, I went through that like 10 years ago, you know, like been there, done that, but in a way that's like, you are, this is not, you know, it's not you. It's just the nature of what you do. Um, and you'll get through this and things will change. You just wait and see. Um, so mentor, find a mentor, no matter what level of um, your profession or your um, or your even your you know leisure endeavors that you're involved in, find find a mentor. It'll really recharge you. Well, we would okay. love to wrap it up just hearing three things okay. um, that are inspiring you. Hit us. Goes. Okay. <clears throat> I okay. Um, one thing that I think is inspiring everyone, especially according to the latest like Netflix tabulation, is Bridgerton. Stop. We all watch Bridgerton. Stop. We, I just finished it today. <laughs> it's, <laughs> hey, Bridgerton, I love it. I love it for all of the, I just, you know, it's like, it's like a soap opera. It's just, it's just good stuff. I love me some it's Shonda. Good stuff. Love Shonda. Yeah. Shonda, um, you know, she's an inspiration and, um, and I'm haven't always been a big, I'm not a big Shonda fan of everything. Like I, I wasn't into, um, great Grey's Anatomy. Um, I didn't, I never really got into that. I loved, um, Scandal. Everybody used to call me Olivia Pope. It was really crazy. <laughs> that was back in the day. You got a white coat around there. Did you have the white sometimes glass? I'd, yeah. Sometimes I'd bust out the all white and like ride in and save the day. <laughs> that was, that was fun. Um, but then I kind of lost interest, but, uh, Bridgerton and especially the character of Lady Whistledown. You know, as a as a writer, mm. um, I just that that character really appeals to me. I I just love, I love it. I love it. It's good stuff. It's it's 
save the second half of uh, of quarantine here. Yeah. Um, okay, so another thing, um, like music-wise, I just stumbled upon this. Um, there's an artist called Jiminelle, and um, she's, I don't think she's widely known. I just found her on Spotify, and she's got this short little album called Mantra Loops. Mm. And it, she has a really soulful voice and it's just her singing like an affirmation over and over again in a, in a very soulful voice. And that is really, um, that really speaks to me right now. Just a positive affirmation. Um, and you'd be surprised just listening to that with the, with the melody and music just over and over, like it really gets in your head. It really gets in your head. Um, I'm not into, um, I, I think I love all music, but I'm really not into EDM. And you know how that can have mm-hmm. like a very monotonous type. It's not like that at all, but it is repetitious. So check her out. Um, love that. Yeah, got her. <laughs> got her. Okay. Got her. <laughs> and then, um, and then third thing is, I don't know what to call this. I guess I would put this in the design realm. Um, I just, during COVID, learned of a pottery company that I am obsessed with. I am spending all of my dollars. <laughs> all of my dollars are going to this company. Um, they're called East Fork Pottery. Um, they're based in um, Asheville, North Carolina. They are design like the the colors the colors of the pottery you just find them on instagram just go look at them on instagram and you'll see um the imagery that they come up with for their marketing it's just vibrant and gorgeous it's a vibe east fork pottery is a vibe so i've been buying up all kinds of pots i mean like you know bowls you you when i post things you'll see them and you know all of my um, food pictures now, and you know, I've got to put it in my East Fork bowl and on my East Fork <laughs> Influencer plate. Influencer status right here. Influencer status, yeah. So um, I've t- I'm just totally obsessed, but I love I love their design vibe, and they also are very socially conscious, which is great. It's it's a great feeling, um, and I think they think outside of the box in terms of their their marketing and their business plan. Um, and I love that. I love a company that is not afraid to lead and, and they know who they are. That is inspiring to me. Mm. So I don't really think about that as I'm eating um, <laughs> out of their pottery, <laughs> but definitely that's what sold me on um the company and i feel good about supporting them but then i also like look in my cabinet and i have these gorgeous pots i love that i love art that is like usable and functional art functional. Yeah. yes 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 yeah. um but um okay well thank you so much Candace. we are gonna link all that good stuff in our show notes so y'all can check it out too um we're excited to share that stuff and thank you candace so much for your time you're welcome and the wonderful Thank conversation. You so much for inviting me. You have no idea. It's such an honor. And oh. um, I love what you're doing. I love your podcast. And I think you're, you're putting good out into the world, good energy. And um, 
and that's I wish I wish I could do more of that. So you have inspired me. So oh. thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs>